0: know me will find that quite amusing. It was from one of my daughters. But of course, um, I want to make a very important point here. We cannot be spiritual ramblers. It just doesn't doesn't add up. Twelve years ago, I was walking the Cotswold Way with with Bob, my blind friend, and um, we stopped at a house and uh, the people were from the Church of England, their son had just been to uh, Thailand, and he'd come back with the amazing understanding that Buddhism was a way of life. And i was thinking, Buddhism's a way of life? Christianity is a way of life. It's not just rambling. And the indictment of Israel was that they, are, they, are, they worship God with their lips, but their heart was far from him. Onto the scene comes our Lord. And he says, by myself, I can do nothing. And so when we look at his life, what we're actually looking at there is God at work as shepherd among his flock to that generation. He's literally God at work among his flock. In the generation that Jesus came to, but paradoxically, He's not only the Shepherd, but He is the the Lamb. Can we have that next slide up? And 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 for, um, this slide shows um, that a Lamb that has died has been skinned, and it is the skin is being put over another Lamb in order that the you who had lost the lamb might accept the new lamb. And of course that is exactly our situation spiritually. In coming to God we have to have the covering of the righteousness of Christ. Um, It is through Christ that we have salvation. And Jesus says, when I am lifted up, he's talking about the crucifixion, I will draw all men unto me. There's nothing woolly about our Lord. He talked the walk and he walked the talk. That's not rambling. He was very clear in the vision and the way that he was going. Can we have the next uh, picture please? It's a sat We've got up there uh, a sat-nav. You see, um, Jesus said uh, that he is the way, the truth and the life. And when he was raised, he said to us, I'm with you always. Now, in actual fact, it's the Spirit sat nav in the sky. This is the Lord. He is, in a sense, uh, directing us. And he is helping us. Um, Eddie Askew in one of his books, he talks about freedom in Christ. I, I love this. In Christ we have freedom. And what it does as we travel the road, it helps us to grow. We make mistakes. Of course we do. But if in good faith we make those mistakes, as opposed to stubborn refusal, you see, if you've got a sat-nav and you you just don't listen to it, you don't get there in the end. But you know what the sat-nav does? If you've missed a turning, it either tells you to repent and go back on the right road. The first time I heard it, I thought, this is repentance. Um, But if not, it redirects you. And you see, our, our weaknesses are the Lord's opportunities. He doesn't compel us to take a road, but when we've taken a road, if it's the wrong one, through... The Spirit, I think. There might be somebody who just issues a word or... Something happens in life that tells us we're doing this wrong. And 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 this is the Lord. Uh, It's his work. We're back to Buttsbury. We've gone wrong. Let's get back on the right road. Let's repent. Can we have the next... uh, We've got a a picture of a road camera. You've all seen one of these. We're travelling roads. Now, you see, when you see the road camera, if you're speeding along, you're going to slow down because it tells you there's going to be a a speed track there. Now, what you're getting there is a snapshot in time. That's what you're going to get, a snapshot in time. Of course, I always drive to the limits. (laughs) And the vehicles come whizzing along, you see all the brakes go on, and the minute they've gone past that camera, whoosh, they're, they're, they're off again. There's a saying that seeing is believing. Thomas said, except I see the prince and your side and I, I won't believe. But um, I, I, I think that is not so. I want to show you that believing is seeing. Can we have the next picture please? Now, here's a picture of me. <laughs> With my fishing rod. Or with a fishing wrong, I should say, and I've got a salmon over uh, one of my fingers, which I caught uh, uh, in British Columbia, believe it or not. I've never been fishing. Now you see that I'm going to prove something to you here. Do you know, I've never been fishing in my life, but I've just told you the truth because we went and bought a salmon in a in a supermarket. And my cousin said to me, we got back to her house and she threw it to me on the polystyrene tray and said, catch Don, which I did. She said, come out into the She said, come out into the garden and she took that picture. A snapshot in time. You don't know what went before and what went after. And here is the Lord. He has come. And in a snapshot in time, three years, three and a half years, he is proclaiming the kingdom of God uh, to that generation. A generation under the yoke of Rome. And he came to seek and to save the lost. He came to bind up and heal, to give sight to the blind and release from bondage to captives. And that snapshot is a microcosm of the whole purpose of God. It's a greater picture, embracing all ages. And what the Lord came to show us, that this is a moth and rust kingdom. And we must seek the heavenly kingdom, the spiritual kingdom. And you see, it's Believing that is, is seen. Now, I want to show you something else. Can we have the next um, picture up? There's a map of Israel. Now, Jesus was up there in the Sea of Galilee. All right? Now, if you read Mark 3, they came from all over this area, Idumea in the south, Sidon in the north, out here uh, beyond the Jordan, the complete area. Why did they come? How did they come? There weren't any telephones in those days. No television or radio. So how did they all get from all these places? They walked. How did they know? It's incredible, really. They flocked there to Galilee. Why did they do it? Why did they do it? It was because of what Jesus was doing. He was healing. He was feeding them. And I've got a picture here of... of um, who's this? Is this Winnie the... Um, what's his name? Winnie the Pooh. Um, he's, he's holding a jar of honey and the bees are all flocking to it. And that is why they came to Jesus, because of what he was doing. Jesus says, you've you've come here because I've filled you on one occasion, that's why you're following me. I think if you look at the ministry of Jesus, I I stand to be corrected on this, but I don't think that his persuasion of God's way was other than negligible. There were 120 at Pentecost, believers, believers, It doesn't seem as though he was, was, you know, he wasn't making converts right, left and centre. There were ten lepers. And they were all cleansed, but only one came back and fell on his knees before before the Lord and uh, could accept that greater blessing. Jim and I have got a... A a lovely son, well I suppose we we would naturally say that. Many of you know him, his name's Trevor. And um, a year ago, he had laser treatment on his eyes. He's worn glasses, he's had contact lenses, he's had this laser treatment. And he's got the most remarkable eyesight now. It it, it really is good. It is fantastic. i tell you what, you can't see this. Isn't that amazing? You see, it's so sad. And he said to me only four weeks ago, craps, we're just about to tee off on the sixteenth. And he said to me, Dad, you're so blessed to believe. Honestly, you're so blessed. He said, I I think about it every day. He said, you're so blessed to believe. He cannot see it. Believing, you see. Believing is seen. I want to look now at the world uh, through the eyes of our Lord, through the shepherd's eyes. You see, he was always assailed by crowds. Uh, On that occasion, he had to, that we thought of uh, in uh, where we showed the map, it's Mark 3, he had to, to go out into a boat. But on this occasion, he's inside, and and the uh, stretcher bearers come with with the paralytic who is who is is, is lowered down um, to uh, to Jesus because there was such a crowd. And Jesus, what does he do? He tells the paralytic that his sins are forgiven. And of course there are those who say, oh, this is terrible, you know, God only can forgive sins. It's interesting, isn't it, that Jesus, when he's risen, says, all power in heaven and earth is is given to me. And a few weeks ago, a young man, or a comparatively young man to me, came to East Ham and he told us how Jesus pleaded with God to forgive our sins. I don't don't think he... Pleads with God to forgive our sins. I said, Why can't Jesus forgive our sins? He's got all power in heaven and earth. You forgave sins on earth. Jesus is there to help us in our fight against sin. That's what, what he is. He's on our side, God's on our side. And our battle is against sin. We move on a bit in his ministry. And we come to the calling of Levi. And he calls Levi Matthew, and and it says Matthew holds a banquet for for publicans and sinners, or tax gatherers and and, and sinners. And and they're saying, what is he doing with those people? I think there's a tremendous lesson in this for us. I really do. He said, I've come to... Not come to call the righteous, but, but, but sinners. He's, he's here to seek and save the lost. You know, I've looked at... I, I don't want to be negative, but much of our literature is, 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 is written by, obviously written by Christadelphians, for Christadelphians! It's not written for people like this. And you know, there are just two things. Um, there was a letter in a magazine... And I couldn't believe I was reading it. It said we should operate a closed-door policy. Um, Once we get in our meetings, we lock the door. Because at Bible class the other night, a man came in who was homeless, he smelt, and he came forward to the presiding brother, and he said, would you pray for me? And we've got to shut this out. And I think, We're reading from a different hymn book or a different Bible because that's where the Lord did his work. And some years ago, um, I worked for three years in the night shelter in the East End of London. And the first night I went there, three people in the first hour spoke to me about Christ. I tell you, that tells you something. And at the end of the year, I thought, I'm not going to come back, I don't think, next year. I'm not doing any good. And then that last night there was this aggressive Scotsman. (laughs) I didn't like him much. (laughs) And he was just going to bed. And I got talking to him. And you know, underneath, there was a heart that was absolutely crying out for the message that we had got. Of course, it was a, a Churches Together project and somebody told me I was casting my pearls before swine, but that's by the by. That is where I believe we should do um, to do our work. And you see, Jesus, he had so much, he, he had compassion on people, he touched the leper. You can't do that! He became unclean by touching the leper. But you see, it's a, it's a reverse polarity. The leper is cleansed. And, and what we have to get at, as a group of people, we've got to have the confidence to, to in a sense, move outside the scaffold of our religion and to, to, if necessary, work outside the box. In a sense, it's a bit scary uh, taking... Taking chances, as it were. Can we have the next slide? Now, this is a picture of the M25. Um, this is um, uh, interesting. It, in, in, in Mark 9, um, Jesus at verse 35, he, Jesus is saying, He looks at the crowds and he, he says, They're harassed and helpless. They're like sheep without a shepherd. They're going round in circles, you see. And there is this guy. who who, who said he'd he'd been all around London, but he he never even got to the centre. He's just on the M25. He's just going round and round. And Jesus is a viewing people, and he's saying, look, these are the people around us. They're going round in circles. And just think about this. It's, It's really interesting. They're in a rut. There's no real direction... The sad thing is that the majority of people like that are unaware that, that there is nothing that this life offers other than ultimately to die. And they're ravaging, as it were, the land like sheep do. They're, they're drinking at polluted waters... The vain philosophies of men which are around us. And what are they vulnerable to every predator and parasite that there is? And this is what the Lord has come to save us from. If you just look there at, uh, Junction 6, that's the A22, you, down the bottom there, it's going to a place called Godstone. I'm sorry they took the anthems out of the book. Because whenever I pass that road, I call it the leave me Lord road. You remember Anthem 22? Leave me Lord, leave me in thy righteousness. And, uh, you know, it's it's sad that they took the anthems out, but that's just a by the by Another view that Jesus had of the people. He he saw the people around as a harvest. And he said, look, he, he said, the workforce we've got is pretty inadequate. You need to pray to God about this. It's a a David and Goliath situation. What are are we going to do? And that's our situation today. We have to meet people where they are. We have to appeal to them as we can. But he had a scathing... uh, Words for the shepherds, the so-called shepherds of the people. He called them hypocrites, he lambasted them. They were blind guides. They strained at mats and swallowed camels. And it's just like Ezekiel, it was in the time of the end. Jerusalem was to fall. And here Jerusalem is to fall again. And he it's that lovely picture of he would have gathered them as a hen gathers its chicks, but they would not. We have the next uh, picture. We've got a signpost here. Uh, Jerusalem and Jericho. Jerusalem is going uphill and Jericho down. And No, no sort of uh, marks uh, what we're just going to talk about for a moment. We're going to talk about the Good Samaritan. And it's the lawyer who wanted to justify himself. And a man was going down from Jerusalem, from the the city of God, uh, to Jericho. Thieves come along. Now, what do thieves want? They want what that person has, what you have is mine. They're going to wallop him and take what he's got. And the priest and the Levite come along and they have a look and they think, well, what I have is mine. I'm not going to get involved here. Okay. And then the good Samaritan comes along. And he says what I have is yours if I can help you. And this is today. We're, 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 we're here today. There are people here perhaps whose hearts ache. We need to be looking at them and helping them. That's. We're not here just to, as somebody said to me in the interval, just to Boost ourselves up. Let us look at others and try and and help them on the way it's the Lord, isn't it? It's the ministry of the Lord. Take care. I want to tell you a story in relation to the the Good Samaritan. The date was the 2nd of, uh, 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 of January, 2000. We'd watched the television at the turn of the millennium and everybody from every country wanted peace. And we drew up at our hall on Sunday, the 2nd of January. And as I drew up, there was a fight on the diagonal corner. Norman Wigginton, if you don't know Norman, he's the dancing guy. He does a lot of dancing. Um, He was behind me. And uh, I drew up and said, hello, Norm. He said, Hello. And we had a lot of trouble with the hall at the moment, at, at that time, the fence, they kept kicking the fence in. And so, I thought I'd better check the real estate. And I looked down the fence to see how many panels had been kicked in, and I turned round, and I couldn't believe my eyes. Who's in the middle of the fight? Norman. <laughs> he wasn't fighting like this. But he, and I thought, No. I'd better get across there. So I I rushed across, and he was, it's just unbelievable. There were four Muslims, and there was, uh, I would think, uh, certainly an Asian, and they were all shopkeepers. And Norman was saying, look, you you shouldn't be fighting one another, you should be helping one another. You are neighbours. And fortunately, the four Muslims, who were quite burly, went off to their shop. And, and and he went into the Asian shop and there were cure people it was a, a, a paper shop etc and Norman spoke very quietly to him and we walked across to the hall and he was presiding that day I'll never forget this in my life we walked into the hall and he walked up the front and he said actually Don it's just as though nothing had happened he said I've been reading the Apocrypha this week he says, and I've come across this. I, I said, my son-in-law exalted that day. I can't remember what my son-in-law said. But there was the lesson. And I was the priest and the Levite who was interested in the real estate. And Norman was the one who was ministering as a peacemaker uh, the, 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 the grace of our Lord. Jesus healed Lazarus and he'd gone up past uh, Jerusalem to a place, a little village called Ephraim 13 and a half miles um, above um, uh, Jerusalem and he's going up to Jerusalem uh, to die 13 and a half miles to Jerusalem he went somewhere first he went to Jericho, went off there uh, to Jericho 27 miles to Jerusalem via Jericho. Why did he go there? Very important. He went there to meet two men. Maybe three. There's a little bit of uh, difference in the records, but we'll say two. A blind man and Mr. Pure. Do you know who Mr. Pure is? Interesting. A blind man and Mr. Pure the contrast of their living couldn't have been different. The blind man was a beggar, Bartimaeus. Mr. Pure was very rich. He was the chief tax gatherer. His name was Zacchaeus, and it means pure. And Jesus went there to meet them because they both, both of them, wanted to see Jesus. And you see he meets Bartimaeus and Bartimaeus sees something that others can't because he says, Son of David, have mercy on me. And his sight is restored because of his faith. Zacchaeus, he's got a box seat up in a tree because he's a short man. And he couldn't get at Jesus because, as the uh, authorised version says, the paparazzi was there. He says, you "Can't come a- by him because of the press." But of course, it <laughs> it's, it's crowds of people were there, and, and Zacchaeus is up the street. and Jesus, Jesus, calls him down. You see, and and what does he do? He opens. He's spiritualized, doesn't he? You see, this is the Lord. He's going up to, to, uh, to Jerusalem to die. And he's got time for these people who will uh, respond to him. It's just uh, an interesting thing that just prior to this in Luke's Gospel, you know? You know the parable he told? It's a parable of the Pharisee and the tax gatherer. Just conjecture there. Have mercy on me, a tax gatherer, Zacchaeus. Pure conjecture, pure conjecture. Take care, sheep, the sheep that are on the way. It's meeting people, Where they are. I told you the story of the closed doors. We were at East Ham on a Bible class night. There were just four of us. Jill and a a brother, John, who's fallen asleep, and Norman and myself. And nobody had come and we thought, well, we'll do the readings. Norman was leading. And we heard the door open to the hall and in came somebody and I thought, I better go and see who's there. And somebody gone into the toilet and the voice said, I'll be out in a minute. Right? And out came this young man, walked straight down the front of the hall. We were sitting at the back. Dropped on his knees, did the sign of the cross and uh, came back and joined us. And I tell you what, I was so privileged to be there because Norman said to him, he said, oh, hello. He said, uh, what's your name? He said, Steve. He said, do you know anything in the Bible? He said, yeah, I know the 23rd Psalm. He said, get Steve a Bible. Got him a Bible. Steve had leant over in this period and beer had poured out all over the floor and Jill, you'll laugh at this if you know her, had rushed out and got a cloth and wiped it all up. <laughs> <laughs> and Norman said, start reading, Steve. The Lord's my shepherd. And do you know... Norman took him through that psalm and he, he'd just come out of prison. We'd got his whole life story, but it's what he said at the end. He said, nobody ever showed me that the Bible had uh, was relative to my life. That is just beautiful. What a privilege I had. And Norman would have thought nothing of that at all. And and you see, this is how we need to meet people. Uh, Ten yards from there, I'd gone out on the road. I'd been—we had a we had a Bible exhibition—and I took four days to cut a hedge that normally would take me an hour. I I I took four days because it gave me the opportunity to speak to people to ask them to come in. Chap came along the fourth day. He said, It's taken a long while to cut this hedge. (laughs) Uh, But but the point is, uh, 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 a brother, a very nice brother, he said to me, Don, I'd love to come out and talk to people. I said, All right, okay, you come out. And the first person that came along, he he smiled at him. He said, Do you believe in the Bible? And the chap said, No. He said, Why not? (laughs) Confrontation, you see. It doesn't. It's, people are not interested. Um, they don't care what we know until they know how much we care. And I'll tell you what, the Salvation Army have got a lot to to, to teach us uh, on this this point. We have to uh, ministrate to people. We have to make it easy for someone to believe in our dear Lord. And that should be our statement of faith—not a written, uh, a written set of beliefs—but the statement of faith is is the life which we 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 try to uh, to read, lead. Can we have the next picture, please? Here's a picture of the London Underground, and here's another guy. Um, he's. Um, He's travelling around London and he, he, he got to Westminster or the, he travelled around London and the chap said to him, did you go to Westminster? He said, yes. He said, did you see Big Ben? He said, no. Well, that's odd, you can't miss Big Ben if you get out of Westminster. So he, he said, did you go to tower, tower Hill? He said, yeah. He said, did you see the tower and Tower Bridge? He said, no. So he, saw it. he said, did you, did you go to St Paul's? He said, yeah. He said, did you see the cathedral? He said, no. <laughs> see, he never got off the underground. He never, he, never, never, he never came up, as it were, above water. If he'd gone into St. Paul's, he'd have seen this picture. It's Jesus, the light of the world, by a chap called Holman Hunt. There's no handle on that door. You see... it's a a picture for our our visually impaired sister of Jesus with a lamp and he's standing at a door and the door is all overgrown and he's knocking on the door he's asking for entrance he can't get in on his own you've got to open the door uh, to get in and there's there's a lovely story about uh, how there's a print of this in Oxford And and the guide was walking around, he said, Of course, this is years and years ago, he said the the original was sold for a hundred thousand pounds. And somebody piped up and he said no. He said the original was sold for thirty pieces of silver. I tell you what. There's a lovely lesson. This is our Lord, the one who can open our hearts and our vocation is to enable the blind to have a vision of God's glory, the lame to walk the way of life, the deaf to hear the voice of the Lord, and the dumb to speak forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into light. We are so richly blessed and I... I'm aware that I haven't quoted a lot of scripture, but I want to conclude with words from the 3rd of Ephesians. They're just lovely words. Let us just be so encouraged by them, and we're reading here at the 16th verse. I pray that out of his glorious riches. The Lord's glorious riches. God's glorious riches. He may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being. This is God's work through his Spirit. So that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide And wrong and high and deep is the love of Christ. I love this. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Knowledge is milk. This is meat that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more, this is the shepherd, immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is his work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Thank you.